they prove that he's the best player on the planet. And mm-hmm. it's just like yeah. the, the narrative now going forward is like he's on his villain arc. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wash Athlete Podcast and another episode of This Week in Sports. If you're new around here, we are the Wash Athlete Podcast. If you are not new around here, you may notice that we are recording virtually instead of in person. Um, right now, we are all on college break. So we have decided to film this episode virtually. You might get one or two more of these until we make it back on campus. If you're your first time around here, we're normally in-person recording. You might not be able to tell if you're on the audio, but we're not going to get too much into that. What we're here to talk about is sports. And the first thing on our list is the World Cup. We yeah. recently had the conclusion of Argentina and France. Um, crazy game. I mean, like, was, everyone likes to react in the moment, but like it might be the best soccer game that's ever happened. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if you could write, like, you couldn't write a better game than that. How it was like, oh, Argentina put it away. It was like Messi has his like, has his penalty. It's like, all right, it was kind of a soft penalty, but it's like, okay, you know what? He still got it. He was able to put it in. Then Di Maria with an amazing goal, um, like on like like a textbook counterattack. Like literally, I don't watch soccer. That was the coolest thing I've seen. And you were like, that that's what it's supposed to look like. Watching the ball just get like, it's like pass, pass, pass. And everybody's just in different spots. And then he like rips the shot from the outside. It was an amazing goal. And they're like, oh, okay. So Argentina's put it away going into halftime. It's over. Lionel Messi's going to win his trophy. And then Mbappe just decides, no, I'm going to turn into a superhuman and score a hat trick out of nowhere. <laughs> That was one of the wildest things I have ever seen. And then went into PKs. That was like, it was so unbelievably stressful during PKs, just like watching. Cause like, yeah. you know, obviously everybody like knows like, okay, it gets down to PKs, but like the idea of like 4 billion people watching you kick a ball and if you don't make it, your entire country will disown you is insane. Yeah. I was talking to my dad about it. Um, when we were watching together and I was like, there's no more stressful moment than that right there. World <laughs> cup final PKs. Cause like you could think like, okay, you got to make a game winning free throw in basketball yeah. um, in like the game seven of the finals. But basketball is a mostly American sport, United States sport where like, it, like this is the world cup. This is every single country. Even the, like yeah. we're hearing all these crazy reactions from American fans. Can you imagine the reactions from like like South American countries that Argentina, like, soccer is like their thing. There was okay, so after they won the World Cup, there was four million people estimated in the streets. That is in the Buenos size Aires. of like the Netherlands, like the entire population <laughs> of the Netherlands. So it's an entire country's worth of people were just celebrating. Buenos Aires was absolutely crazy Nuts. during that parade. Yeah. Um but I mean, we got to give Messi his uh, give his flowers. Um, yes. Takes home the World Cup and probably what is going to be his last World Cup. Yeah. Um, and it's just like I think everyone won in this situation. France is obviously a great team. They have a great young player in Mbappe and a lot of other yeah. great talent, and they've They'll obviously established that they are they are a team to stay for a really long time. They've yeah. won it four years ago. They made it back to the finals. Went they, like so close to winning it again this year. Yeah. But I think for the soccer world to this, have this France. You like to, I think you, I think most people like to see dynasties. It's fun to watch. It's fun to like see how a team can be so dominant, especially yeah. like Golden State Warriors dynasty. Now France and starting maybe a dynasty here. Yeah. Um, in the Miami Heat, Chicago Bulls. Like, it's fun to see greatness happen. So I think we got to see some greatness with France, but we got to see the overall greatness of a player in Messi, who we might never get to see again. Yeah. Um, 
So I mean, I couldn't. You couldn't draw it up better. No. Than like what happened? Because it was like Messi got his medal, but Mbappe proved that he's the best player on the planet. And mm-hmm. it's just like yeah. the the narrative now going forward is like he's on this villain arc. And if you've if you've seen the pictures of him like returning to France, like when they had like their like. Uh, like ceremony there he looked like he was gonna light the world on fire like he mm-hmm. looks so evil and is like ready to score like 10 goals the next world cup yeah i if i will pay a lot of money if i can get a friend like i would my dream is to have france in the group stage yeah. with the united states so i can go watch the united states i mean i don't know how we get we get smoked and i don't think i have the money to afford that type of game but like i would love to sick. have it you'll watch that team yeah and like I'm just like, uh, this World Cup was everything I need to be excited for the World Cup in 2026. And I don't know if like I'll remember all like the feelings at this time. Yeah. In 2026 when it gets like when it's here. But man, right now I'm like amped to try to get to games and I'm yeah. looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but shifting off the World Cup a little bit, um, I, Croatia did win the third place game. No one really cares about the third place <laughs> yeah, game. Um. We're going to talk a little bit of NFL because it's getting spicy now. Like playoff spots are like, if anything is like, if anything wasn't set before, like now it's like they're on the line and we're going to go through a few key matchups this week where it has like a ton of pull and what happened. Mm-hmm. So most notably we are recording this Thursday. It's going to be uploaded on Friday right now, as we're recording the Jags and Jets game is going on, which is massive, like absolutely massive for, both, for teams. both teams. Yeah. Cause I mean, we got the, the Jags, Jags who are trying yeah. to come back, tr- come back from their, um, slow start, and they've been looking really good. They beat the Cowboys last week, and now we have the Jets, who have kind of like come down to earth a little bit, but are still seven and seven, and like they have a thirteen percent chance to make the playoff according to some stats. But like this is the game they they need to win out. Yeah, they do. That's the only way they're going to be able to win. And then it's they do. I think the Jets do need some magic to happen, where it's like certain teams need to like lose. I think it's the either the chargers the bills or miami i think but mm. the jags they control their own destiny like they they just need to win yeah. out and they need to hope that they can straight up win the division yeah like that they need to hope that they're able to do that but right now the jets look bad well specifically the offense looks terrible with zach wilson at quarterback yeah. their defense looks very very solid but my God, they, I, we were, I was literally just watching the first half. Um, they had 66 yards of total offense in the first half. Um, Evan Ingram has more yards than that on the Jags side. So that's, I think, saying enough. That's funny. I watched an Instagram reel today about someone saying, like, why you should bet the under for Evan Ingram. Oh. <laughs> and he's got 66 yards in the first half, over 66 in the first half. Exactly. That's funny. Yeah. So that um, person is down tremendous. Yeah. That's the Jets need to figure it out. I mean, there was a funny image that came up talking about the comparison of the AFC quarterbacks and the NFC quarterbacks in terms of where they were drafted. Yeah. You know, like all the AFC quarterbacks are first rounders and like the Jets haven't been able to find their guy. So you can't, they, they can't compete. I mean, you got Trevor Lawrence here who right now is making a bid to be a top five quarterback in the league um, with the way he's been playing the last couple of weeks. Especially, and yeah. on the other, on the other side, you have Mike White as the starter, your second, second overall pick who can't play football. And then Joe Flacco sitting in a big like coat on the sideline, yeah. maybe hoping to come in and Joe Flacco. So washed. He, yeah, it's his corpse. Like that is like, he doesn't want to be there. I was literally just like, while I was watching the game, he was like standing on the sideline, just rain pouring down. He's just got his hands in like the little 
pocket thing and he just looked yeah. like he was like well i'm here to pay my college my kids college tuition like i don't care yep. about any of this and literally so Mike that means- White, though who is injured was very focused on the game he was like ready to go because he, went he was to- wearing three hoodies he was wearing three hoodies and actually during the week mike white tried to see nine different doctors have one of them clear him for the game even though he had like six broken ribs <laughs> I read that story and I was like, man, because like I said, I think I sent um, our group chat the message and I was like, I, it was like, oh, if nine doctors cleared Mike White, I don't think the 10th doctor is going to be saying. Yeah, I don't, think you can play. I don't think you should trust the 10th doctor at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw that and I was like, geez, Zach, like, just give it up, champ. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, um, Mike White is, yeah. he's a dog, but right now he cannot play. There is no shot. <laughs> no, he cannot play no shot um but then shifting to the next game and i want to talk about this brown saints game because it looks small on paper you look five and nine saints six and eight browns i don't know if i don't think the browns can make the playoffs but i wanted to mention it because if you're a browns fan and like six and eight is not bad from where you started and you can finish out the season at nine and eight i think you feel really good about your chances going into next year with deshaun watson after get busting off some rust a little bit yeah yeah i mean so i would definitely say that like it's yeah, I mean they were they were fine with Jacoby Brissett, and I think it is going to take some time for Deshaun Watson to like get back into it. But I feel like they're also getting a little antsy, like, okay, man, we gave you like three hundred million dollars, like, come on. Mm-hmm. And so I think if I was a Browns fan, get being nine and eight to end of the year and being like we missed out on the playoffs, but like came on strong with Deshaun back, I'd be like, you know what, we're going to come in next year and really try to contend. Exactly. So. I think as a Browns fan, this is just like you just want to win these games out. You don't care about the draft. Like, I don't even know Browns. I don't even think Browns have their draft. They'd be like mid. Um, they'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah, but like you just want to like feel good. Nine and eight feels like really good yes. if you're a Browns fan from this year. It's and then on the Saints side of things, they look at five and nine, and I want to talk about for this for two reasons. The one reason is if they continue to lose, the Eagles' draft pick that they have continues to go closer to number one yes. and then if they if the Saints win, you're talking about a legitimate world where the five like they'll be six and nine or whatever it is, and they're in the playoff hunt because the division is so bad. Like, this division yeah. is not over, despite the Saints being 5-9. and nine. Yeah, yeah, because the NFC South is atrocious this year, That's solely because so... the Buccaneers are just so unbelievably washed. Yeah, and, like, all it takes is for the Saints to win, the Bucks to lose, and then suddenly the Saints are either first place or tied for first place in the division. So, I mean, these records for the Panthers and the Saints and – the Falcons look and Bucks all look bad, but like they're all like actively fighting for the spot, and there's only going to be one getting out because they're not going to get the wild cards. Yeah, yeah. So that's a very so... important game, and yeah, an exactly. equally important game is Peter your Giants versus the Vikings. Well, so uh, let me just put this out there: they're probably not going to be the Vikings, but <laughs> um, they they have a shot. I feel like because the Vikings are a really weird team, where sometimes they will absolutely show up. But then other times they just don't. And like I don't know which Vikings team is going to come out there. The only issue is that we are still without our starting free safety and our number one corner. So I have a feeling Justin Jefferson might be sort of torching us this Might game. have a day. Might have a day. So if I were a betting man, which I'm not, but 
maybe you should bet the Justin Jefferson over personally, but you know, I bet that I bet that line is so high. I could not even imagine what I don't even that know line would be. At. I don't want to hear it because I know it's going to be something ridiculous. But I mean, the thing is, is that like the Giants, uh, the front, at least the uh, the front four of the Giants now is finally back and healthy. We have Aziz Ojolari, uh, Leonard Williams, uh, Dexter Lawrence, and Kayvon Thibodeau. And this last game, Kayvon Thibodeau looked like an absolute monster. Like, he was all over the place. He had, like, 12 tackles, three for a loss, a sack fumble recovery touchdown thing that was absurd. <laughs> a yeah. thing. Exactly. So, it like, he's finally, he's, like, coming into his own. It's like, we have our front four. Our run defense is still awful because we have no linebackers that are good, which sucks. And then our offense is, like, if they can shut down our run game of Saquon Barkley and Vanilla Vic we're kind of screwed because we're down to so we have our wide receiver two and no, up three and Darius Slayton and then we have I think wide receiver seven and eight I believe <laughs> so yeah. not surprising the line for Justin the line for Justin Jefferson is 89 and a half I would bet the over god yeah I, I definitely bet the over he's gonna have over 100 yards it's not even gonna be a question if you can get an alternate line over 150 I would consider hitting that <laughs> The alternate spread. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. If, if I was a betting man. If I, I'm not if a betting I man. I, again, we are not we are not offering gambling advice. To be taken seriously. This is not betting advice. This is not legal advice. But I mean, it sounds like a pretty good idea. But it sounds like a good idea until it's not a good idea. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm not too confident about this game, but I think because if the Giants win like one of their next three games, they're essentially into the playoffs. It's like a yeah. 99% chance, I think. But it's like if they win like this game, if they win one of their next couple, and then like if the commanders like lose one of their next couple, I think they're like guaranteed at that point. So mm. I think they have a shot. And, you know, I don't think they'll go anywhere in the playoffs, honestly, because they, they're just injured to hell and they're just not that good. But I think it's more, it's again, it's more of like a moral victory of like, okay, we really turned this program around. It's very obvious that when we have our players on the field, we are a good team. But yeah. more of like, okay, we made it there. Cool. All right. Let's look at next year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And Absolutely. Who knows what you'll shake out to be? Um, you'll end up playing if you're lucky enough and you can kind of push up into that upper realm as like the five seed, you could end up playing the four seeded like Bucks. Yeah. Or um, like if you can win out and get that five seed, then you can end up playing that AFC South winner, which would be, again, even a playoff win for someone like the Giants right now would be huge. Huge. Um, yeah, just because, I mean, this wasn't supposed to be a contending year. No, it was absolutely a rebuilding year. So the fact that we are yeah. even in possibility to get into the wild card is insane. Mm. And the Vikings, on the other hand, have been a team that's kind of been skidding, and they go down 33 yeah. nothing in Indianapolis. And they that's they were in, I mean, they, they might have been in uh, Viking Stadium, but... They come storm, storming back down 33 nothing to make that a game. I don't, like, know what kind of game that was. That was Jeff Saturday, like, classic. That right was, there. no, that was Matt Matt Ryan, Jeff Ryan master class of joking. <laughs> Matt Ryan put on a show as the Vikings came down back down 33 to take yeah. that game. So, um, I mean, I don't know what to make of that, but Colts anyway just, like the vikings are maybe good maybe not and the it's like the Colts of the vikings are like the the two sides of the same coin it's like the Colts can sometimes look very good but most of the time they're bad the vikings yeah. can sometimes look bad but most of the time they're good 
problem is that defense is really bad. Oh, the defense is like historically bad. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I hey, guess we'll see. That, that game is just huge be. for like if the Vikings continue to skid, they could fall down into a three seed position, yeah. which isn't the end of the world. But I think you're going to want to have home field against either um, the Eagles or the Niners if it comes you to it. You definitely want don't want to. Especially if you're in Minnesota, you want home field advantage. Yeah. They only play in a dome, so it doesn't matter. Oh, they do play in a dome. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 But. I still don't think you want to go on the road to – you definitely don't want to go on the road to Philly. It's an outdoor yeah. stadium. And you definitely don't want to go to the road to San Francisco where they have some really good fans over there. So Yeah. But then the next game is the Bengals versus Patriots. And now, I don't think anyone thinks the Patriots are going to win this game because the Bengals are really good. Yeah, but But the implications of this game, on the other hand, are really large because the Bengals are I, one game, I believe, outside of – the Bills, and they're also one game. I forget what the Chiefs' record is. All I know is the Chiefs, Bengals, and uh, Bills are really close in standings yes. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if the Bengals lose this game, they really fall out of that. They're, they have no sh- shot there. If they win this game, then they're they're continue the hunt. But the Patriots also really need this game because it's the like same thing with the Jets situation where they have a very low percentage, and mostly it revolves in the win. Uh, on them winning out. But the reason I say this is we've seen this with Bill Belichick before. Like, come on, we've seen it. A game that you have no business winning I think just, and you walk in there and you yeah. make Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase look like your local rec league. Exactly. Like, well, we, well he's either going to put on a clinic of like how to defensively shut down superstars or they're going to put up 50. And there's yeah. no in between for this game. No in between. <laughs> So I, again, I would never. If I was a betting man, I would not bet on. I would not bet the Patriots to win this game. I'm just saying that if it's close in the fourth quarter, I told you so. Yeah, exactly. Um, and after, I mean, let's let's talk about for a minute the Patriots oh, against the Raiders point. collapse. Oh, what God. the heck? And I saw a bunch of interviews afterwards, and all the players, Mac Jones, Jacoby Myers, and I forget who caught the ball. Um, but they all like took all the three of them took the blame and they like, put it all on themselves. Yeah. So like, they obviously know they messed up, but golly, like that was a, t- like I, I've need go in overtime. Just, just the first lateral made sense. It wasn't a dangerous lateral at all. No, that it was just like sense backwards for, towards somebody. Maybe he'll get some more yards and then we'll see. Yeah. But then, but then just, Jacoby Myers chucks the ball to all people of Mac Jones. And then Chandler Jones is just standing there. Just catches it, turns. Mac Jones sees a freight train in front of him and just gets his head dribbled against the ground. Like, oh my god. Honestly, like I'm kind of glad that happened to Mac. Like, I don't know. I'm a big Mac Jones guy. I was kind of like, I was kind of like good, good for, good for Chandler Jones. Oh um, my god. I don't know why, but Mac and Cheese got put in the ground. But I did see some people like critiquing his uh, tackling and be like, he needed to tackle better. I was like, what, what do you, what do you expect from him? <laughs> like, he's a quarterback. He's been an awful ch- position. And Chandler Jones isn't like some like scrum player. Like, he's really good. He's a really good player. Yeah, he's crazy like, athletic. He might have won. He might have made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, like he is. Like last year, didn't he like lead the league in sacks last year? So he was like something. Crazy it was good last year. Yeah. Yeah. And he was on the Patriots so, for a really long time too. Like he was a really yeah. good player. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good player. So I was like, people were like critiquing and tackling it. I was like, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do like, that. Mac Jones is not um, a head hunter. Like let's settle down there. Yeah. 
the fact that they didn't throw a Hail Mary from that spot on the field, though, was embarrassing. They were like, oh, Matt can't throw it that far. And I was like, so bad. So bad. <laughs> it's a bad situation over there in New England with quarterbacks. Bad yeah. situation. Yeah. There's a lot of bad quarterback situations in the league. We'll talk about that on another time on this week in sports. But yes. moving on to the next big game. And there's a lot of big games this week. It's getting close. Every game's important, but just picking up some highlights. Lions, Panthers. And this is yes. this is important for many reasons. Um, the Panthers, as we talked about with the AFC South, they're not, despite having a terrible record, they are not out of the playoff picture. Somehow. They can still make it, and it wouldn't even take that much. So they are still very much in the hunt. And if if, if you're a Panthers fan and you have a shot, if you make the playoffs this year That's after insane. all that's happened, insane. Like you're like your owner's thrilled that you get playoff revenue. Yeah. For like b- being trash. Yeah. Just absolute hot garbage. Yet somehow you're like, eh, we're here. Sam Darnold comes in. Baker Mayfield comes in. Like during the year, like you're PJ like, Walker what's was going in on? There, who was like an XFL? Yeah, PJ Walker was starting. You fire Matt Rule midseason. I think you also fire the OC. Yeah. So you just got like all these interim coaches all over the place. You still don't have a quarterback that's viable. You have no receiving core. You traded Christian McCaffrey in the middle of the year. Um, like your team's a train wreck. The only thing that's good about your team is the defense and JC Horn and yeah. and like Brian um, Burns. But like other than that, yeah. No one. So you have a solid defense, not great defense, a solid defense with a dog water offense. Yeah. And somehow, somehow you can still make the playoffs. Like that's ridiculous. They're going to have like, they might have like a top 10 pick and they might be able to make the playoffs. <laughs> like That would be nuts. That is the dumbest sentence I have ever heard. Like they'd be first round exits and turn around and be like, yeah, we got the eighth overall pick. Yeah. I want to give a quick message real quick because I think everyone hated on the NFC East last year, like the NFC least for being such a bad division. The AFC South is way worse than the the NFC least last year. Like they are such a bad division. Because it's not even – because the thing is about the NFC East is like, oh, they're a bad division. It's like, well, the Eagles and Cowboys were decent. It was just Washington and the Giants were terrible. Like – Yeah. But across the board, the NFC South is bad. They are just not good. There's no good team anywhere in there. Yeah, no, everyone's just hating on the, like, the NFC East last year for being so bad. Like, all these jokes and memes. And I'm like, the AFC South objectively, like, just a worse division. Yeah. Like, it's terrible. There's no, like, there's not really much of a world where any team's over 500. No. Like, the, like, the commanders who are last placed in the NFC East would be, like, a game and a half ahead in that division, I think. Yeah, like, it's it's wild, and they they also have to play interdivision games against Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants, which yeah. makes it like hard. So, but that's and then for the Lions, obviously they're doing the kind of the same thing Jacksonville's doing, but they did it a little bit earlier where they're like skyrocketing, rocketing at the perfect time. Yes, to make the playoffs, and one game can pretty much derail them, like um, a lot of other teams. Fortunately, the AFC is, I mean, fortunately the NFC is a lot easier to make than the AFC at this point in time, but. Still for the Lions, you can't take any of these games for granted. Especially, I think they might be in the road in Carolina, so they got to win a road game. Yeah. Lions defense still isn't good. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that game because that has a ton of implications. I mean, all of a sudden, like, if, let's see, if the Saints lose, if, which I think they will, if the Saints lose, the Bucks lose, and um, the Falcons lose and the Panthers win, suddenly the Panthers looking good and looking good. And they might, that final game against Tampa Bay, at the end of the year, might have everything. Uh, imagine Tom Brady in Carolina playing against 
Maybe Stam Darnold at quarterback. Who knows? For the playoff yeah. spot. Gets flexed to Saturday primetime. <laughs> flexed to Saturday primetime is just the worst game anyone's ever seen. Such a bad game. There's been some bad games recently where there's just like no scoring going on. And I'm Not like, yet. man. This is terrible. I mean, we had a Bucks went up 17 nothing on seven, the Bengals spotted the Bucks 17 points and came back and won. And it wasn't close. It wasn't like second half. Bengals were mauling them. It was disgusting. It was. Um, but transitioning off of the NFL, we're going to go through some NBA points here. I wanted to mention John Morant went on television. People asking what teams he's afraid, like what teams that look scary in the league. He says the Celtics. Then the interviewer gives him a chance to like anyone in the West. He goes, I'm not scared of anyone in the West. And the the funniest thing about this is John Morant's been in the league for three years. John Morant has no good playoff experience. <laughs> he's not made the Western Conference Finals. He's not made an NBA Finals. And anything like he's a great young player. I'm a big John Morant fan, but I was like, bro, like you're like you're not afraid of anyone in the anyone West. Like you've ne- you haven't. Like I don't. Did they? I think they won that Minnesota series last year. But besides that so. Minnesota series, they didn't win another. Like they only won one playoff series before, and they're like, we're not scared of anyone in the West. I was like, how about who beat you in the playoffs last year? Like, are you scared of them? <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good. And like, isn't the West like really deep too? Like, there's like a lot of like top heavy like so- good teams. So good. And that was another point on this list. I mean, I pulled the NBA standings real quick because I don't have them, like, right on me. But I know – let's just read through it. The Nuggets, Grizzlies, Pelicans, and Suns, Clippers, Kings, and Blazers are all separated by three games. And if you go up to the top four, they're all separated. They're separated by less than a game. The Nuggets and Grizzlies are tied for 1-2. Pelicans one game back. Suns game one back. And then Clippers are one and a half back. So when you're talking about a stacked list like that, like, you're the Grizzlies – there's a very possible world which you slide down to the sixth seed in the West in like two days. Yeah. Like it takes that little time for you to slide back in the standings and you're like, no, we're not afraid of anyone in the West. And I was like, you're going to mention like, how about you just be like, you know what? Zion, that kid's great. A little bit scared of the Pelicans. Or even like, you don't even have to say you're scared. You just say, you're like, you know, it's, there's a lot of tough competition in the West, but like, I think that like we have like the talent to be able to carry us like the way it's like, you put respect on everybody's name, but you still are confident. Like, you could easily just say that, but he's like, nah, not scared. Not at all. And it's not an overrated. This is, like, bulletin board material. This is, like, when, this is when you lose the playoff series to the Pelicans. Everybody and just goes. like, Zion Williamson goes on his Instagram. Right this is freezing <laughs> cold takes. Re- this is freezing cold <laughs> yeah. takes retweeting a tweet. This is Zion Williamson posting a story, like, no one's, like, not afraid of anyone in the West. Like, this yeah, is, like, really. this is a bad scene. Um. And then, so we talked about kind of the West. I mean, the West is full of great, great teams right now. Um, the Nuggets, Jokic has really come into his own a lot more, which is really yeah, good. Um, like 27 rebounds in a game recently or something like that? He he just had like 40, 27, and 8 or something. Um, And oh it's going to be one of the highest scored games of all time. There's a stat called Game Score. Yeah, um, that it, like it's measures all stats. into the game, yeah. Yeah. And Joel Embiid recently just had a top 7 or 8 performance of all time. With that 60 bomb. Yeah. 60, 11, and 8 against Utah a while back. And then Jokic, I, I would love to see where this game ends up. Because um, it was... I, I read the stat line, and I was like... That's like a Wilt Chamberlain like, stat line. It's like, this isn't real. Like, <laughs> what are you even yeah. saying? All right, I'm looking at game score right now. 
and it doesn't look like they probably yeah, don't that Joel Embiid game was number seven of all time. The Devin Booker seventy is right above that, and I don't see Jokic's game on here, which means it probably just didn't get in here yet. Yeah. Um. Shout out Joel Embiid for being on this list twice. <laughs> Why is Fred VanVleet on this list anyway? <laughs> um. Um. But. No, so that that was crazy. Like, the Nuggets are finally starting to roll a little bit, and they'll get more healthy, so that's exciting to see. The Suns have just been kind of doing their thing, still floating around. They just need more talent. Um, Recently, we got to mention, um, Robert Sarver sold the team, so that trash-ass oh, yeah. owner is out of there. Um, Racist, misogynistic, everything. Like, get him out of there. He's, he's gone. Um, and what's really cool is Net Ishiba, um, guy who owns a big mortgage firm that kind of competes with Rocket Mortgage and Dan Gilbert, um, he played basketball at Michigan State. Um, he was a bench player, but he played basketball over there. He's been looking to invest for a while. He bought the Mercury, who was the WNBA team, and then the Suns. Um, so really, I think, like, a good ownership shift, which is going to focus yeah. on, like, making this the best basketball team ever. Um, and then best basketball team it can possibly be. And then also, yeah. like, everyone says that, like, he's a really, really good, like, owner, company owner. It gives a lot of bonuses and stuff. So maybe, like, no one will hate um, everyone. Wow. Imagine an owner that won't be evil. <laughs> yeah, literally. That, that's the standard nowadays. Um, yeah. And then the last thing I want to note is my boy, as a Sixers fan, my boy Joel Embiid, slowly and quietly averaging 33 points a game. And that's no crazy. one, I feel like no one is talking about it. Oh yeah, because isn't the MVP race like so ridiculous at this point where it's like you can have like such a good season and it's like, yeah, you're like fourth on the list. Yeah, Joel, so Joel Embiid right now is the fifth seed in the East, which he's going to need to be higher if he wants to win MVP. Granted, they're only like a game out of four and then two games out of, um, yeah, two games out of third. So like there's still a lot of time. But, I mean, to be averaging 33 points and no one would be talking about it is yeah. nuts. So, um, mind you also, like that, their record in the East would be like tied for third in the West. So like they're, they're, they're right up there with some of the league's best teams then. No James Harden for most of the year. Tyrese Maxey's still injured. He's averaged at like 33 points and just being dominant force. Yeah. And do you think when those players come back, he'll be averaging less points or more? I think it'll probably be very similar. He, he might fall down to like 30 points a game, but then just he's, he's going to get the Sixers to score more. He's going to get when the Sixers never shy away from just feeding Joel Embiid when he's like, playing really well like you'll you'll watch plays where Joel Embiid just stays at the three-point line the entire shot clock and just like walks up to the walks up to the free throw line and goes and then like drills it and you're just just like standing there holding his hands out just waiting (laughs) yeah so um so that's the NBA update I mean we'll get obviously into the NBA season a lot more as the NFL season concludes and we'll probably be talking a lot just about the NFL coming up in a couple weeks but until next time that's yeah. going to be this episode of This Week in Sports. If you're new around here and you liked what you saw, please go check out our other episodes. We did a great like, World Cup episode last time, really rolling around Messi and Argentina in the World Cup final. Um, and we have other podcasts um, where we kind of just talk about anything that's going on in our lives, what we're doing in college. Um, we have me, Raj, Peter, Jacob, and Andre all on that podcast at times. So it's a good listen if you like it. Make sure you drop a like if you made this part. Drop a uh, subscribe, and we will see you next time. Watch out. <laughs>